How much time do you want for your progress? progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and V.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. Well, Dr. Hayes, it's been a minute, but Lord knows there's been so much happening in this short amount of time in which we have been away from this particular podcast, and I just don't know where to begin on this day, December 14th, 2022. Uh, Would you greet the people today? I, I am agreeing with you. Um, where do we start? I, I think um, I, I just want to say this. This year, this summer, uh, from maybe post-pandemic where we are, we're resurging and COVID, RSV, and the flu. But this is troubling to me. And uh, well, maybe we could start here. Um, cryptocurrency. You know, cryptocurrency. Uh, but but I want to just put here, what in my sociological imagination, one of the things that I find interesting is less melanated people have such clout and collateral that they can make up a whole bunch of bullshit and create multi-billion dollar entities defrauding everybody or frauding so many people, even folks in Congress that got bought and bossed by a theoretical framework. And what's so tragic is that these cryptocurrency Bitcoin bulgoki targeted minority groups as a quick way of making money. And I know a lot of people fell for the okie doke in theory. And, and what's so interesting, I had heard or read somewhere that 35% of the investors in Bitcoin were black people. Compare and contrast that to the number of black folks who have annuities or stocks. That's one, just over 1%. 35%. Why are they always trying to come after us with this sexy, we can create a wealth strategy just based on our name? This is deep. In multiple levels. And this guy's mom and daddy are both law professors at Stanford Law School. This guy graduated from MIT. I'm talking about social capital. Social capital that could get you an entree into theoretical frameworks 
that are beyond a Ponzi scheme. We couldn't get away with none of this. So we got him. We got that crazy ass, uh, that homes woman with the black turtleneck with her Theranos stuff. We got this one guy who came up with these electric diesel vehicles. He up in jail. He got arrested a few months ago. This is just a tip of the iceberg. These are the ones that got caught. Come on, Dr. Hayes. Can we just start right there? Before well, we go anywhere always, else. You know, people are always open to a get-rich-quick scheme. They've all, always been vulnerable at every level. It doesn't matter what your socioeconomic level might be. There are those people who look for ways to get money quick for not a lot of work. But my point mm-hmm. is, how did he do this? He white. SBF white. And he, he got and he got money. He, he already had money. Is what I'm that's saying. He didn't have that's no how money. He did it. He had credit. He, he, had, he had whiteness, privilege. He had whiteness, which gives him credibility. Now come on, talk and that his dog. Degrees and his degrees. He only had one MIT. Well, I mean that's enough for some people. White people, come on, call it out. Well, black people too. Ain't no they Negro that graduated from MIT gonna have an entree just, to this BS. No, I'm saying the ones who fell for his scheme were from every walk of life because it just depends on what your level of openness is to scheme. Schemology is is running rampant. But nobody and, knew this was gonna be a scheme, no. I'm telling you, nobody knew. They really thought that this was a way, and that's an ethical and moral dilemma. Because if you knew, yeah. what Jesus say? If, the, if they knew the thief was coming. They would have got ready, huh? Well, <laughs> I, I never understood it. I never understood invisible money. That's the problem for me. <laughs> I, You know, if it wasn't something that I could see or touch or feel, it was it was skeptical for me. And uh, that's the thing I don't understand. But, you know, we, we're so taken by the technology and, and and somehow the ability to slip away from the powers that be who always regulate our money, who make our money, who who also are perpetrating a scheme on, on the United States of America because they're getting ready to reset the whole currency uh, situation. So we're 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 at. We're just in danger from every sphere. And that if we're not watchful, as you say, as the, as the scriptures say, we have to watch as well as pray. We have to keep our eyes open all the time. And if we don't truly understand something, then we need to stay away from it. So it's this whole distrust. And, and, and we can go back and black people, this is so sad because... Uh, as a historian or one who loves history and, and know just a little bit about history, we go to this whole idea of what was created based on a, a theory in terms of, okay, so we, we're not going to give you really the 40 acres and a mule. We might give you a little piece of change. And, and the black folks setting up their savings in the Freedmen's Bank that, that was allowed to go belly up or the funds were stolen from the Freedmen's Bank 
in the 1800s. And so we've always had this little skeptical nature as black people. Don't put all your money in the bank. You know, we got folks who socked it away in, in coat pockets and, and, and freezers and you know what I'm saying? Because the level of distrust, because our stuff is not necessarily bagged by the FDIC. And there's this interesting dynamic that goes on. But what's also interesting is stocks are theoretical, too. And I always say in biblical times, they, t- they, ca- they would call our stocks divination because <laughs> it's a luck of the draw. Don't, don't, don't engage in that act of divination. We can't see, in theory, stocks. And, our, and the folks whose value are based on this divination, and I'm calling it stocks because it's not live stocks. It's not like the cattle. You can see the livestock, the boars and the gills. We can see the, those, the cash cows and the pigs and all that. We can see that, you know, the beef and what that means. That was a livestock. But this divination stuff, we can't see it. And as soon as it goes belly up, there's a bull market or a bear market, as soon as those things change, the valuation changes. Even our annuities you know, I don't know what my my annuity is, where it's at, but I can see the market fluctuating. This tax-sheltered annuity stuff, I can see it changing. And then we get, and then, because uh, we don't know all of this stuff, it's an alleged savings account. <laughs> it's an alleged savings account, Dr. Hayes. That's what they sell us. It's an alleged savings account. We're going to save your money for you, and your employer can match whatever you match. But guess what? If I'm saving it, then it's not volatile. I'm saving it, stocking it away. But even this capitalistic society where we put a value on a freaking piece of paper, I can burn a dollar bill, and it won't hurt nobody but me because I don't have that piece of paper anymore. But we put value on a piece of paper. And, and then it goes into this whole system of valuing my own worth. And I want to segue into this conversation because we had it earlier today. This whole idea of valuing me as a commodity. I'm going to be the livestock here. And, and my livestock valuation whether I got a high school degree, high school diploma, college, undergraduate, a bachelor degree, master's degree, doctoral degree, et cetera, et cetera. We have a minimal wage that we say is your worth. You can only make this much because we see you stock, cow, human, <laughs> as only needing this minimal amount. Now, then we transfer this into this ecclesia, this church context, where in biblical times, I think the Levitical law said, you know, you don't glean to the edges of the field. Leave something so that those who don't have can get out and grab and and then bring bring it to the storehouse and this equitable distribution, you know, that the priestly roles, they, they would be taken care of. Because they are the ones to interpret the scriptures, interpret the, 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 the priests did everything. They were the lawyers. 
They were the doctors because, you know, if you had some boils and stuff on you, the priest had to declare you as clean before you can go back into community. So they had to they had to know they had to know the rules of order, the laws. They had to know if you were clean or unclean and, and say that you were clean or unclean. They were the ones who were the judge and the jury. So the priest worked hard and their role was and, and the community was supposed to take care of the priest without stipulation. And the priest laws, the rules for the priest were, you're supposed to enjoy it. Enjoy the gifts that have been brought into the storehouse. Eat, drink, and be merry. That's what the text says in Leviticus. Don't nobody want to read that stuff because your work is already heavy, but you got to carve some time to enjoy this life. And so how to enjoy this life is to, to have that fat of the land given to you to take care of you because you, you're working hard for your money, for your care, for your upkeep. Without exception. But, but yet and still here we are in the 21st century, 22 years in the, in the second decade of the 21st century. And there's this robbing Peter to pay Paul amongst clergy, black clergy in particular. And and it's not a it's not a job. But somewhere along the way you got to have your needs met. Even Jesus told the disciples, you know, if they receive you, bless that place. Stay there. Don't take anything in your bag. We don't know what was re- what the rest of that stuff is. I think that's a system of oppression right there. I don't even know if Jesus told him not to take nothing. I don't make no daggum sense. You gonna prostitute, pimp, and 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 be live off the benevolence of other folks? You got to take care of yourself. Well, anyway, go ahead, Doctor. You know, um, I don't think I don't think you need a million dollar watch. Um, to meet your basic needs and to make you happy. So like everything else, there are those who take these writings to the extreme and make them fit their own um, purposes. But I think you're right. Um, The workman is worthy of his hire, but the workman is also um, supposed to be sensitive to the needs of the people to the degree that they are not expecting the people to go beyond uh, their own capacity to provide. In other words, if you, you got to live better than your poorest member, there's something um, unequal about that. There's no equity in that. I have to, I have to live high on the hog, but you don't even have any, meat to eat. Something not right about that either. So I think we have to apply some sense to all of this because it's open. As I I wrote a response to a Facebook post and I said, you know, the the Bible is always open uh, to interpretation and it can be used to fit the needs of whoever wants to use it that way. And so oftentimes the scriptures get misrepresented because a person has a particular interpretation or a view of what it means 
for them in particular, as opposed to the people in general. So we have work to do as theologians, as homileticians. We have work to do to parcel out the true meanings of Scripture that as they are applied to the lives of individuals. And I think it's just like ethics, you know. Uh, sometimes it gets to be situational. It, it it depends on what situation you're in, how the text can be interpreted. And we as Black folk, we, we've learned through womanist theology to observe life from below because that's where we feel that we are. If you're in below, looking up looks different from if you on top looking down. Uh, so then we have to ask the question, where is God in all of this? Uh, God never says we had to have ex- excess. God says we should have what we need. And God promised that our needs would be met. But a lot of people, especially in our society, they believe they should have the excess because other people in the world have excess um, without understanding that for the few to have more than they need and the masses to never have what they need is not equitable. And I think that's where we ought to try to come down in the, in the place of equity. What is it that we need? all things equal. What do we need? Are we looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food, shelter, clothing? Well, we got it. But do I just need one, one piece of article of clothing and one pair of shoes? Do I even need shoes? What am I covering up? Do I need a car? Don't I need a car? Where's, how do I get back and forth? What, who determines what needs are? Because I might need that million-dollar watch. Who says I don't? And we become subjective. And then we, we throw a stink eye, a side eye at somebody who we think, they don't really need no Cadillac. Well, I probably wouldn't buy a Cadillac if I was on the benevolence of others, living off the benevolence of others. That's my moral and ethical. But if the Cadillac is the best car that would meet the terrain, I see. I have seen Cadillacs, Mercedes, well, not Cadillacs, Mercedes and, and Porsches and, and BMWs, in underdeveloped countries. Why? Because they meet that need. Land Rovers because of the terrain. And it's not as expensive in those underdeveloped countries. Now you ship those luxury, We now we call them luxury vehicles, shipped to the United States. We're pay, paying excise taxes. Taxes for them to be transported. And so they get marked up. But by golly, I have ridden Land Rovers on Safari in Kenya, and I wonder, well, how are they affording this? Because it ain't the same price range. It's the economy. It's whatever your economy will bear. Situational. And that's what you call it situational. But it, it, it all depends on what price you can get for your goods. And that's the way it's determined. If I can get a million dollars for it, I'm going to ask for a million dollars. But if I can't get but 500000 then I'm going to ask for the 500000 it's So it, it's, it depends upon, as they say, uh, the demand of the market. And, um, and so we as consumers, 
are left to the mercy of the market and whatever the market will bear. And we either pay market price or we go without. But that's the way it works. And then we get conned by the Sam Bankman Freed folks or the Elizabeth Holmes folks or or those those insurance people who used to sell those whole life insurance policies to Negroes, you know, and, and, and they never got cashed in or any cash values, but folks would pay $10 a, a week because here come Mr. Insurance Man. Religiously. Religiously. And when it was time to cash in those policies, Mr. Insurance Man was nowhere to be found. Well, it's the tax collector syndrome all over again. Same Charging way. again what the people will pay. If if I can get you to pay it, I'm going to ask for it. And whatever happens on the end of that thing is just really too bad for you. I got mine, and I'm gone. But... These things are not new. None of this is new. There's nothing new under the sun. And and people have been doing this for thousands of years. And um, our response has to be to help people see what's best or what is true and then help people to recover when they have suffered loss. Um, and outside of that, there's not much we can do except try to continue to teach people the truth, try to enlighten them and inspire them towards a particular ethic that includes all people in the world and not the selfish ethic that says, I want what I want and I'm entitled to get everything that I'm big and bad enough or rich enough to get. Oh, boy. And it goes in so many ways. And at the end of the day, we brought nothing into this world. Absolutely. And we could take And we'll leave it right here when we leave, when we go. (laughs) Won't be of use anywhere else. Superfluous. Engagements. Vanity, vanity. That's what the preacher said. A bull goki. It's all vanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we spend our what does it profit? A person to gain the world and lose soul. It's only what you do for Christ that lasts. All this other stuff is transitory and temporary. Yeah. So, but you have to have, that has to be your understanding and your ethic in life. Yeah. That people are more important than things and that the welfare of others is just as important as your own welfare because in the welfare of the people who are around you lies your own welfare. So we have to continue to be a good neighbor and Not to live. Not farm. <laughs> Right, and to live in the sight of others as an example of what can be good and right and true. 
All right, Dr. Hayes, that's a good Advent message. What's this week's fourth Sunday Love. Advent? There you have Love. it. There you have it. Love is coming. Yeah. And sure, we need love in this no world. No greater love that has anyone than to lay down their life for others. I paraphrased it. On that <laughs> note, Dr. Hayes, we'll sign off. Thank you. It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right until we meet again. Stay safe and well.